Welcome to the Cap City Offers Podcast. This is episode 113. You've got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to talk about the things you should concentrate your ammo stash on training. Um, there's a lot of things you can do dry fire. There's a lot of things you can do that are an alternate to going shooting uh, from the training side of things, uh, but there are certain skills that really the only way to either learn them initially or to further develop and refine them is to actually put rounds downrange. True enough. True enough. Um, you know, guys, there, as, as everyone's well aware, we're in the middle of, you know, the great ammo desert, 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 <laughs> you know, there's just not any, um, you know, there, it's, it's, this has been going on now for about a year and, and people are kind of getting serious about Serious shooters are getting serious about figuring out ways to do the little bit they need to do. And one of the guys that I follow on IG was talking about, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to take 10 rounds to the range. What are you going to use it on? And then when you said this morning, let's talk about flipping this on its head and talking about what should you be doing that goes bang versus what are all the other things you could be doing that doesn't, that don't go bang. Um, guys, there are some things that are really, really difficult to, to train to like recoil management. Um, is something that's difficult to train to and um, you know but like lining up the sights and pressing the trigger is very easily dry fire um, you know things like reloading um, to like reloading a shot reloading to slide lock from slide lock to the next shot is a it's a two-round drill and it quite honestly is something if you were on IG a year ago everybody was making fun of people yeah everybody's making fun of people for how fast can you can you draw shoot one reload shoot one because you're never going to draw and shoot one and be at slide lock without a malfunction so what are you training yourself to do well it doesn't have to be a from the holster you could be doing a from the low ready shoot one reload shoot one you know which is you know still or or from on target shoot one reload shoot one and run for times and stuff like that um but pushing into some of the things that you know you, you know we can do that it probably would be good to have a bang. Um, the confirmation, I, I, you know, so I, we're going to talk about that today, you know, and see if we can give you guys some ideas on how to go out and maybe do a training day with, I don't know, 50 rounds, 10 rounds, I don't know, something, you know, very a, a very, very little amount of ammo and give you guys some ideas. So, yeah, fun, fun. Yeah. Um, you know, to that, that point, too, if you have, you know, a limited amount of ammo, prioritizing that ammo into classes, matches, yep. um, you know, activities beyond just going to the range, loading up your mags, and going blam, 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 blam. Yeah, you can classify part of your ammo as recreational ammo. I just think right now, if you're serious about shooting and training, that might be a different caliber than what you carry. Yeah. Recreational ammo might just for now be a different caliber than you carry. And, I, and I've kind of gotten out of the mentality of recreational ammo for the moment. Because even stuff I do with rimfire, or, or for for that matter, I dug out a freaking airsoft gun and re and cleaned up the seals on an airsoft gun and got it going again, which is something I haven't had to deal with probably in probably something I haven't done in a couple of years. And the reason I did it a couple of years ago was strictly out of convenience over a winter as a practice tool. Mm -hmm. So you know that kind of mentality. Yeah, um, yeah. So that this is uh, this is kind of getting painful for people. Uh, yeah. We're not you know again not seeing any relief on the ammo. So. Um, you know, let's, let's talk about some, some ideas here. You know, what do you think, like, what's the number one thing that live ammo lets you practice that you can't do dry fire? Yeah, honestly, that's going to be recoil management. Yep. Um, so things like a build drill, yeah. um, which is now probably should be the $5 build drill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, but a build drill, you know, we're going from the draw, um, Target, you know, USPSA target at six, seven yards, 
and we're shooting six rounds as rapidly as we possibly can, um, trying to keep all the hits up in that upper A zone. Uh-huh. Um, you know, this, this is a drill that really works on your grip, on maintaining that grip um, over multiple shots. Um, there, unfortunately, there isn't really a good way to, to do this with either less rounds or you know, doing it dry. No, legit, and and it kind of sucks to think about going out for a training day and being able to do eight build drills, and you've gone through a box of ammo, and with the box of nine millimeters selling right now at you know thirty five to forty bucks a box, depending on where you're buying it at, um, you know, make sure you're you're planning accordingly with that. I will completely agree with that. The with the build drill, you will tend to see grip failures around shot three, four, and five, and and so that will that will present itself um, pretty quickly on the target. You know, and, and I would also say, too, that this is something where you're doing, you know, your dry fire stuff or you're doing your rim fire stuff and you pick up the, the full caliber gun to run this a few different times. If you ran it a few times, that would be 20 rounds. Yeah. Um, but it's a good confirmation of if you're shooting rim fire or you're shooting airsoft or you're doing dry fire, are you letting up on your grip strength a little bit? And it will give you a diagnostic for things to do without going bang, like work on your grip strength, whether that's to pick up kettlebells or whether that's to grab one of the squeezy things that improve your grip strength. I don't yeah. know what they're called, but, you know, it, 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 a lot of this stuff, it, you, you're burning the, you're still going to be burning the ammo up almost for no good reason if you can't take something away from it that tells you what to work on outside of that. So I guess that's probably lesson number two out of this as well. Yeah. What's it teaching you? What are you seeing on the target? What do your times look like? And do you know what your normal time is for a build drill? You know, if you're a, if you're a, what would be really fast, a sub two guy, like that's like a, that's like a USPSA grandmaster kind of sub two seconds. With a race gun out of a race holster. It's a race gun out of a race holster, you know. Uh, For a mere mortal, I think, you know, you're probably three and a half, four. Yeah, like sub three and a half is definitely. It's moving. G19, concealment. Yeah. Like three and a half is good. Sub three, I think is doable. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, sub three is definitely doable because I mean I've done it, but I mean, not all the time though, not consistently, I guess would be the thing. So, so we're going back to kind of you know grab that that book we've been telling you to keep because the build drill has been one of the drills we talked about in the past, and get that book out and see what that looks like, and you know take a rimfire gun to the range, work on that draw to first shot, you know, in those times with sub caliber ammo, or even you know in your basement with airsoft. But then when you go to the range and you you know this is one of those things you can do to get loud you know, and actually see, are you holding onto the gun tight enough? And, and are you cheating a little bit on some of that airsoft slash rimfire practice, knowing that you don't have to grip the gun well for the next shot? Yeah. So it'll help you with that. Um, yeah. One, one other very important thing with a drill like this, uh, you've got to clean up your target between runs. Yes. Um, <clears throat> you know, get some pasters, get some masking tape, whatever, keep your target, you know, paste it up so that you can actually get data and confirmation on what you're doing yeah and and also i will throw out there beyond that to our to add to that um i don't think the build drill is is a good negative target drill i think a build drill is a good clean clean b8 drill um or a a clean center zone drill where you can see because if because if you're running your build drill and you feel like you're smoking it but your groups are you could cover them with a quarter you probably need to pick up the pace a little bit as well on the build drill um, so we talk a lot about negative targets. This would be one I would say a negative target's contraindicated. You want a clean, pasted up target. You can see what your hits are and define what your zone is. I mean, I think as a build drill is all done on a, in a on, on an IDP or an IPSC, right? Yeah. So it's that center zone, that A zone. 
Um, you know, and, and if you want to cut the A's in half, that's cool. If you want to cut the A's by a third or in half or whatever. But if you're keeping it in, if you're keeping everything in that nice, perfect little fist size group, the point of the build drill is maybe to extend that out a little bit and make sure you're running A's if you're doing the drill proper. Yep. But it'll give you a good diagnostic. And an A zone, an A hit zone on a USPSA target are all solid hits on the bad guy. I'd still like to see it a little higher on the target, but good hits. Yeah. So, um, Another thing you can do, or do you anything that anything to add to that? No. Okay. Think, cool. Yeah, that's one of the yeah. Again, no, recoil recoil management. Yeah. There's there's no there is no replacement you know, for actual recoil. True. 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 Um, I I think that going going to the you know something else that I see some folks doing out there uh, again you know some of the guys that I'm keeping track of that are kind of coming up with the better ways to think about some of this stuff with the handgun. They are still doing that. Um, you know, like we talked about from the low ready or from on target, that shot to reload to shot with the slide lock, um, and, and make sure you're running that for time as well. And I think the, the biggest reason for that is some of us who have small hands, but run full earth size guns like G19s, I've got to break my grip just a little bit to get to the mag release. Um, and I've, and, and I, I run my left hand thumb on the slide lock with a Glock when I reload the gun. So for me, you know, maybe, you know, I practice in some of this stuff one handed. I don't think you get the same thing out of it. I don't think it's worth burning ammo to do it one handed, but if you're doing that two handed, um, you know, shot slide lock reload to shot is probably a really good drill and it's two rounds and you can run it a number of different times. If you wanted to throw in the presentation from the holster, that's perfectly fine. You know, we kind of talk about creating bad habits, drawing, shooting once and reloading. Um, unless you're, I don't know. It, it seems like that's... I feel like it doesn't really become a bad habit. I really don't. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you know, people talk about doing things that create bad habits or like, you know, some of the like mindlessness of, oh, well, I only ever shoot one gun because, well, if really, okay, so what happens when you pick up a rifle? Do you go blind and not know how to use it? You know, same kind of conversation. So that from the holster at least gives you a holster presentation. Um, and if you're doing it from concealment, then it gives you a realistic to your first shot as well. So an additional thing you can tag on to that training that the metrics is, you know, hey, what's my first shot look like coming out of the holster and then straight into the reload and then what's my reload and shot look like too, um, you know, and go with that. Uh, I, I, I see a lot of folks getting back into this, like you'd mentioned previously, this was kind of a party trick thing a year ago. Um, I, I don't know, you know, the guys that were complaining about it, I didn't think the complaint about only getting a present, you know, getting a presentation, only firing one shot was that big a deal yeah. to me. So, uh, but the internet burn up about it. I would say on this, you know, if you're an LE or a concealed carry hold, permit holder doing this, you know, you've got to re fully reset your reload every time. Um, yes. You know, so <clears throat> close flaps on the, you know, for an LE guy, uh, concealed carry holder, you know, your magazine's going back in your mag carrier. Yeah. It's getting fully concealed. Um, you're going back to gray man status at the beginning of every yeah. drill. Yeah, if you tuck your dress... To make it actually yeah. legit. Absolutely. If you're tucking dress clothes in or stuff like that, you know, you see us walking around here and we're pretty laid back in our in our dress code here, so it makes it a little bit easier for us. But, I mean, if, you know, if your setup is running um, dress shirt and tie, and, and then, then reset every time and get that part in it as well. Um, you know, I, I know ripping your shirt out of your pants, you know, is, is something that it's, it's probably the same as drawing it without tucking your shirt in, but it's something that you should still get the reps. in. I think every time, if you're going to, if you're going to take time to break it down this far. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. 
Oh, this is a good drill to do with the rifle as well. Yeah. Um, you know, doing it from, from a low ready or from a high port starting mm -hmm. position. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, practice, you know, running either that emergency reload pocket or, you know, run every, you know, every different mag pouch on your chest ready plate carrier, yeah. whatever to get the practice in. Yep. Uh, but this is a, you know, still a good rifle drill too. And I, I think you could extend this drill out if you're going single shots and going to slide lock. I think you, if you were a competition shooter or if you're, you know, LEO and you want to practice it multiple times, I think you could take all your gun, your mags and put one round in each of your mags yeah. and put them back in the pouches. Like you said, close everything up and do that. That way you're getting mobile reps on the reload, et cetera, kind of greasing the groove a little bit. It was a bit of a meltdown drill. It, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And same thing, you know, like you said with a rifle, you know, fill up your, all your mag pouches with single shots or sing mags with single rounds in them and run through them and get that, you know, that, that, yeah. or, where am I going next? Yeah. Where am I going next? Where am I going next? Yeah. Actually, if you got a buddy, um, have your buddy load between one and three rounds per yeah. magazine. Yeah. Um, so you can't quite build that. Oh, I'm just going to pull the trigger once hit the reload button. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing I think too, that matters with, especially when you start doing a rifle is creating an accuracy standard that is a challenge so that you're not doing that. Yeah. If you're shooting it at a car, if you're shooting it at a, a you know a full size cardboard silhouette at 25 yards, that's point and slap versus yeah. you know trying to get a fine hit. So maybe you're saying you're doing these with the credit card head box, so you're using offset at 15 mm -hmm. or 20 yards, um, or you're doing it on a six inch steel plate at 100. Yeah, or you, you know, know some like something an, somewhat an upper, challenging. An upper A zone at 50. Exactly, something you know that's a, that's one of those targets where you want to make sure you're where you need to be. Um, you know, we talked about you know. It's, everybody loves to shoot steel, but it, unless you're shooting small steel, it's not keeping you super accountable in a lot of yeah. cases. I mean, if you look at some of the, you know, when you go, we, we joke, I was joking around with somebody about the cowboy action shooters, and they shoot the big steel silhouettes of the buffaloes, and it's almost as big as an actual buffalo. You know, and it's like, well, how would you miss that ever? You know, and if you're shooting that kind of target, especially doing this kind of stuff, I, I would really shrink that target size down yeah. to push the... The, I'm just going to cheat, slap the trigger, and go on kind of yeah. mentality. Make sure you're shooting something relatively small. So. Yeah. I think, like, the other thing with this drill with a rifle, um, working, you know, three positions. So as you reload, you're going yeah. from standing to kneeling, um, kneeling to prone, or rice paddy prone, mm -hmm. um, down to prone, back up to kneeling, back up to standing. Ew, that and, sounds like cardio. Ew. <laughs> you know, actually working through a bunch of positions um, so that you get those reps as well. Um, yeah. and kind of making a bunch of things more automatic. Yeah, absolutely. And some of the, I, and I think one of the things too that you could, you know, you could push almost that same mentality either either, you know, not not necessarily the build drill, but if you have like a lamb barricade or something like that, I think we'll get to that too as maybe another suggestion for a lower round count drill here in a second, but yeah, that kind of mentality of getting into a different position each time for the reload because the reality check is uh, you know, we talked about I can god, I can never think the crimson blossom of death. You don't yeah. want to pop back out the same place. So if you're reloading the gun, why would you go back to the same place if you've got cover to use, you know, throw cover into it, just like you're throwing coming from concealment on the drawstroke kind of mentality. Yeah. Add that extra little bit to it. And you can time, you know, this stuff too. It, it may be one of those metrics that's not quite as useful because it's going to change depending on the conditions or depending on what cover is or whether you're shooting over the hood of a car or around a corner or whatever. But either way, it's still good practice. Yeah. So... Um, and maybe your metrics are just for the day. Can you get a little better than you were when you started out mm -hmm. for the day kind of thing rather than, you know, hey, I want to keep this in my book forever and ever kind of mentality. Yeah. We've talked in previous episodes of the podcast about the four position, 200 point aggregate with the rifle at 50 yards. Yes. 
um, generally when we're talking about that, it's an untimed exercise. Yeah. But you could easily do that as a timed exercise. So sure. we're talking, you know, five round, four or five round mags. Yeah. Um, on the rifle side, uh, you know, it's another one of those drills though that you could you know, change the scoring metric and do it with three round mags or even two round mags. Yeah. Um, and still get you know that same kind of feedback. Yeah. Um, just realize you know your times are going to get changed a little bit versus what a five round mag would be. Sure, sure. And you know, and and you know, and that's just <clears throat> off the top of our heads working through this kind of stuff. Look at the drills that you do. If you got a drill that you can modify. You know, it's something that's, you know, a bunch of mag dumps or a bunch of, uh, you know, high round. See if you see how it works out to cut those drills down to one, two or three shots per reload or whatever, and see if that still gives you some value and reassess what you're doing. So if you, you know, the other thing too, is if you have a drill that you hate, um, do, do that drill. Um, cause it's yeah. probably harder and you probably need to get a little more out of it. Um, one of the guys I was talking to in here, uh, was, is a retired LEO and he was a, uh, one of the training officers for his. Um, for his guys and talked a little bit about going back to bullseye, going back to bullseye shooting one shot mm -hmm. at a time on a small target at distance, um, strong hand only, weak hand only, both hands, whatever. But it's kind of like that when I used to, sh you know, shoot a bow and arrow, you know, back in the day and, and hunted with a bow and arrow a little bit here and there. Um, I didn't go out and shoot over the summer before deer season. I might go out and shoot 50 shots in a day or a hundred shots in a day you know, you know, playing around, messing around, trying to get in the groove. But when hunting season came along, when you got within that couple of weeks before hunting season, you'd step out on the deck and shoot one arrow in the morning and maybe come home from work or before you go to bed at night, step out in middling light, because that might be where you're shooting anyway at a deer, and take that one shot and only shoot one shot at a time. So maybe that's one of those things too, where if you're at the range, you take that B8 and put it at 25 yards and literally come out of the holster five times. Yeah. And just do that and just see where you're at as a diagnostic, you know, and, and, and do some of those things too. But again, making the hit challenging so you're getting something out of it, not just that burn it down kind of mentality. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd say, you know, from a mental perspective, doing a drill like that with your offhand mm -hmm. um, really forces you to think about everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, because you just don't have, we generally don't have the familiarity, especially with the trigger. Yeah. And some of those things that we do with um, shooting with our strong hand. Also, from a visual aspect, um, yes. a lot of times that kind of change, forces the brain to change how it sees the sights and how it processes that information down to the trigger finger. Yeah, and we've seen a little bit of that over this winter doing low light stuff with and without lights. Um, some of the stuff we did recently, you know, shooting in the dark and then switching hands or switching going left only or, or around the left side of cover or whatever especially running dots and seeing guys like trying to figure out shit. I know what it looks like with my iron sights, but what does it look like with my dot now in that yeah. processing aspect? The other thing too, that's always been interesting to me. And I've seen this as long as I've been doing this, that people generally won't shoot faster left or weak hand only, but they often will shoot more accurately than they do strong hand only. And I always find that interesting still this mm -hmm. day. And we talk about, cause you slow down enough to actually put all the mechanics together and you go back to fundamentals uh, maybe there's a lesson to be learned there about doing, you know, strong hand only and slowing down to your fundamentals too and making perfect shots rather than good enough shots or crap, let's tape that one up again. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anything to add to that aspect of it or that idea? Yeah, I think like on the on that side of things, you know, incorporating um, dry fire into mm -hmm. you know, your live range sessions. 
Who um, who so does that? Whether that's like the Paul Howe, yeah, um, CSAT ball and dummy drill. So, and this is on the pistol. Um, they were doing five presentations from the holster dry for every one that we do live. Yeah, uh, it's a twenty-five round drill. So by the end of it, your shoulders are completely yeah. smoked. Yeah, it's actually a good workout. Uh, it's a good <clears throat> workout. Uh, but you could do the same thing, you know, if you're running, say like an L press, you yep. know, shooting the L press dry. Yeah. Uh, so you know, getting those trigger squeezes, you know, maybe um, you're doing a, a on a Glock. You know, we're prepping the trigger, prepping the trigger. Yeah. Switching targets, prepping the trigger, prepping the trigger. Switching targets, actually breaking the trigger, and then doing a squeeze on a dead trigger. Yeah. Um, so you're getting the reps in, yeah. Um, getting a better feel for what that trigger feels like, yeah. At the same time, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and doing multiple runs of that dry before you do it live, sure, uh, sure. You can get a lot of, I think, value, especially on the visual acuity side, yeah. And if you have kind of drills dry, and if you have an, a DASA gun, you know, like that that PO7 or whatever that you know, yeah. or or a, guess, or a revolver for God's sakes. I mean, I know it's a totally different system. Like a Sig T26 or something. Exactly. If you got a DASA gun, um, there's also, um, and I know that we're getting back off of the live ammo thing. I, something I need to get a hold of because I've talked to a number of guys here locally with the PD here locally who are pretty serious shooters, and they run that mag that resets the trigger. Yeah. And it's a little bit expensive, but with today's ammo prices, it's the price of a couple boxes of ammo. Um, that might be something to look into too. That's something I, I probably should chase down and see to get the reset every time. Um, but yeah. So and the other thing too, if you were to do some of this with, if you were to do some of these drills with the uh, with a revolver, you could easily set the revolver up to do you know every third cylinder. Yep. You know, and, and or load random, load two random rounds into it and run that as well. Um, and that would give you a little bit again of that like that that. Uh, that surprise pop, you know, where's the sights at? Am I, am I yanking the trigger? What am I doing? And it would keep you honest on yeah. some of that too. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to do that, be very, very aware of, you know, the fact the four rules of firearm safety are in effect. Not that they aren't ever not in effect. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, extra I, in effect I understand point. what you're saying, but I don't think anything really changes. If you're running through, especially with an L press where you're going bang, 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 you're going click, 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 bang, click, bang, you know, or whatever. Um, it really shouldn't change anything other than the confirmation that I'm not just mashing the trigger yeah. and, you know, playing versus actually training. So, but, you know, always keep those things in mind. So, um, what about punching over into the idea of doing, like taking a land barricade and doing scoring time and hits uh, one shot per gap or something like that, yeah. you know, or taking, you know, whatever barricade, if you've got barrels shooting from, you know, three different positions, shooting standing right side, standing left side, kneeling right side, kneeling left side, prone yeah. right side or whatever, you know, some, you know, and just, and, you know, come up with some different drills like that where you, you know, you only get one shot. You know, it's not a shoot until you hit it kind of thing and start blazing away if you're shooting, missing, shooting for crap left-handed, you know, where you get one shot and you do it for time and do a score and figure out, you know, versus your buddies, put a little bit of heat on each other, throw some gravel and snowballs yeah. and stuff like that, so... You know, there's like I said, there's all kind of ways to do this without dropping a billion rounds every time you go to the range. Um, just trying to help give you guys some ideas and put you in that mentality around how can I take what I normally do and modify it to some extent so that I'm just not burning, you know, 300 rounds in a training session or 500 rounds in a training session because that happens pretty easily. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. number of nights where we go out and we might only be on the range for a couple hours, um, but it would not be uncommon for us to go through, you know, 100 to 200 rounds, and that can be a lot of money these days. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Any yeah, one, other ideas? One thing to caution if you are doing 
you know, stuff behind cover for time. Yeah. Uh, make sure you got one or two other people that are watching, observing, and keeping people accountable for using cover correctly. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's real easy to do that. Oh, I'm, I'm shooting the IDPA match, so I'm going to put half my body out into the portal. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and again, again, that crimson blossom of death thing that we were talking about where are you punching out from cover and then punching back out in the same place again for the next shot, you know, again, that was something that cropped up on us that I think was a very, very teachable thing that's like, oh, crap, um, that's not how we should be doing things. And, you know, pointing that out in the after action, I think, is, again, puts it front of mind where it should be. Yeah. So, you know, tactics matter. Tac- skills and tactics matter. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh- yeah, I'd say if you want to go burn it down, go sign up for an IDPA or USPSA match. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, know, you got some, probably some cool scenarios slash stages designed, um, you know, proper scoring, mm-hmm. you know, metrics, because you're shooting, this, shooting the same standardized stages as other people, so you can get a feel for what's going on. Absolutely. And you can probably learn a lot from watching the other people in your squad, too. Yeah, and it, definitely the qualifier matches. Um, I don't know. USPSA does qualifiers, right? They generally have one qualifier stage, I think, per match. Yeah, so if you can, you know, that that would be something else to consider, too, if you're, you know, again, from a metrics perspective without, you know, spending the day burning a billion rounds, going and shooting an IDPA or a USPSA qualifier and then looking at your numbers versus people who know how to shoot well um, might, give you, might give you someplace to figure out what where you should be spending those 10 to 50 rounds a trip on of actual live yeah. ammo versus, you know, Uh, just blazing away, Um, you know, and then that would be the other thing I'd throw out there. There are a number of qualifications. If you're a newer shooter, um, dot torture, you know, 50 rounds, um, you know, a box of ammo to get through really, really good side alignment trigger press drills. Um, Some of the, you know, some of the different BA drills, there's a billion different drills out there that if you wanted to choose something based on your skill level or what you want to work on that day, uh, you know, choose some of those low round count drills and, and shoot it one time after doing your dry fire or after doing your rim fire or whatever, because that's going to help you confirm that you're still putting it all back together. Yeah, for a lot of good drills like that, check out pistoltraining.com. Yes. Um, there's probably 20, 25 or 30 drills posted up on there. Yeah. Um, printable targets, directions, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. You know, and like I said, you know, maybe you go back to, you know, the higher round count stuff like a bill drill or like a, you know, an El Prez or whatever at the end of the training session to kind of make sure you're still putting it all together. So, and it is interesting too. Um, you know, one of the guys that we train with on a regular basis uh, does a really good job of breaking things down to the nth degree and then reassembling them, you know, for the last few runs of the day. And there's, you almost always see improvement with that training mentality of let's break each individual skill down and, and really kind of tune it up and then go from there. And this is the same kind of mentality and you can do it without loud bangs. You can do that dry, you can do it rimfire, do it whatever. So, Indeed. Um, guys, just trying to give you some options out there. Um, I'm not sure, you know, there's there's a lot of different things you see popping up out there. And I would say that, you know, even if you're watching the interwebs, if you see something you think, hey, that's a really good idea, we'd love to hear that. Um, love for you to share with us because we're looking for this stuff too because we talk to customers on a daily basis who are in, in the middle of the crunch going, man, I'd really like to train more, but I feel like I have very limited resources. Um, but you're watching the news and seeing the world go a little wonky, um, of all the times to stop training. I don't think this is the right one. Yeah. I'd, I'd maybe a pine too, if you know, you got 500,000 rounds squared away doing a solid two day class. Yeah. If you haven't done that before is going to be a lot more valuable 
than doing 10 individual range trips. Absolutely. Totally, totally, totally agree with that. Um, if you haven't taken a defensive firearms class rifle or pistol, and if you carry, if you have a concealed carry permit, it should be pistol first. Um, that, you know, but if you're, you know, if you haven't taken that two day class yet from somebody reputable and, and that's not to say like, you've got to, you know, go to, you know, front site or gun site or not front site, gun site or wherever, I don't care the Southwest Museum of Gunfighting, you know, not to say that you got to go all the way out to, you know, you know, across the country to do it. There are some really, really good instructors here in Ohio um, and, and a number of really, really good instructors who come through Ohio on a regular basis yeah. and some that just live here. Uh, you know, if you're, you know, check out again, back to Alliance Police Training, who are they hosting? Um, back to TDI, you know, get in a TDI class. I know there's a little bit of a backlog right now, but, you know, get, get, get in line for something like that squirrel that ammo away and make sure that you're set up to go take that class if you haven't done it i do think that'll put you miles ahead of trying to teach yourself yeah so for sure um, uh, and you know you learn really good skills and the correct way to do things so when you are practicing be that dry or live fire you're actually practicing properly properly yeah. and the correct way to do things versus yeah. you know what bubba taught you because he grew up around guns yeah or was in the army 20 years ago so absolutely um, cool guys. I, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to beat on that with? I think we covered a bunch of stuff. Cool. Cool. So, um, you know, we always want to have, like I said, like I mentioned a moment ago, we always want to have conversations about this kind of stuff because these are the things that are front of people's minds. And, and we do a lot of this and, but this is definitely a change, um, for our world. I've never been in an ammo crunch this freaking tight. Um, so, you know, or if this you, long or this long. So if you've got an idea about, you know, Hey, here's some things you can do. We've got a couple guys who will email us occasionally with an idea or two. Um, you know, and we appreciate that feedback. Uh, thank you, Larry. Um, get some feedback about some different things you can be doing and trying out, um, you know, to share with customers in the store and stuff like that. Cause we want to try and get you guys in a little bit better place. Um, but incremental improvements, a big deal. And, you know, these are some good ways to do it without dropping a lot of money. So can, 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 tomorrow's you kick today's used butt or something like that oh yeah step into a slim gym that's how you got to end <laughs> all this i can't remember how that saying goes but anyway you know who i'm talking about yeah yeah so cool um on that note <laughs> as long as they still stick around how uh, we will continue to be on instagram and facebook um, as we get new inventory in the store um that's where that stuff gets posted um so please do follow us on there um you might need to tweak your notification settings to get better better visibility into your feed um, or just keep doom scrolling and you'll come across this eventually. <laughs> there you go. Um, on our website, you can find our website is capcityoutfitters.com. Um, you can find valuable information such as how to do an FFL transfer along with how to get to our uh, portal over at silencershop.com. If you're looking to purchase a suppressor, uh, you can also sign up for our email newsletter, which comes out on Fridays. Uh, on our website, capcityoutfitters.com, or send us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com. We will happily add you to the newsletter uh, mailing list. And then lastly, please come visit us at the store. Uh, we are in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. We're in front of all these. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Grill. Uh, we are running hours of 10 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, guys.